to the Futures podcast from the Futures team here at Birkbeck, University of London. In this podcast, we'll be chatting with industry leaders and top UK employers to hear their advice, uncover what they look for when hiring and share their experiences of their own personal career journeys. We hope you enjoy the show. On this week's episode, we are joined by Emma Lacey, Business Operations Leader at Oracle and Early Tech Career Network founder. So, hello. Hello. Uh, Thank you for coming on our show. Um, Do you want to start off by telling us a little bit about you? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, as I say, my name's Emma um, and I work for Oracle. It's a global technology company um, and a lot of the time, I guess, I get asked how I ended up in tech. Um, So, I studied geography at university. I think the, the story probably starts in my A-levels um, where I was sort of choosing between business and geography and what to study at university um, and I guess the key bit of advice was do what you enjoy. Um, so while I was working at, um, well studying at university I got involved with a research project um, and I guess I was working with um, a lecturer on that and she was probably my first kind of mentor really. Um, and she actually worked in the past with my first manager at Oracle, mm-hmm. so that's how I heard about the role. Um, and I think out of that, really, there's the lesson of, you know, is it right place, right time, or, you know, who you know. Yeah. Um, I actually think it's more about do what you enjoy and the rest will carry you through. Um, and I think going back to that kind of dilemma of whether I studied business or geography at university, um, you know, it was really down to what do I enjoy and when I'm, you know, when you think about what do you enjoy, I always think about when you're reading the news and that sort of thing, what is it your eyes go to? Um, And for me, it was all the stuff around global development, um, climate change and things like that. So for me, that was the kind of natural course. Um, And yeah, I think if you have true passion about something, it shows through. Um, So as I said, it was kind of through that that lecture really how I got my Mm -hmm. role now. Yeah, because I guess geography going into tech isn't the most natural yeah, kind of path. Yeah, for sure. Um, sure. So tell us about what you actually do at Oracle. So um, I joined three years ago, and I joined through their internship programme, but I was a little bit different to the others. I'd already graduated, so, mm-hmm. um, and you know, hopefully some of this will appear to you know, your students here at Birkbeck that actually you know, it doesn't have to necessarily be the right fit for that job, but if you've got some stuff that you can contribute... Um, you could also be a valid candidate. So I joined as a graduate, um, but did it as a contracting role for a year. Yeah. Um, was there any hurdles? Like, did they say why are you applying for a placement when you've already graduated? No, and it was something that I was concerned about. I think it was literally 24 hours before the interview, I suddenly saw something that sort of said, yeah, this is aimed at interns only and, yeah. and that kind of thing. And I emailed and sort of said, look, am I, am I wasting your time? And they said, not at all, come along and... Yeah. Um, you know, if you've got stuff to contribute and you're the right person for the role, um, you know, they were very open to that. Yeah, and I guess that translates as well to people who are applying for graduate schemes. You don't have to be somebody who graduated yeah. this year. Yeah. You could apply for a graduate scheme five years later. Definitely, and it, it is kind of, I think for this particular role, it was aimed at entry level. It was kind of, you know, people who are new to tech, yeah. um, you know, it was basically given that grounding into the business. Yeah. So what do you actually do? What is your role? What do you do day to day? Yes, so I now, um, I work in the operations team um, and business operations is everything from sort of business strategy um, to forecasting, you know, at the heart of Oracle we are a sales company, mm-hmm. um, you know, with kind of leading edge um, technology and innovation, but we can't do all of that without the support organisations around that and BizOps is one that 
you know, looks at kind of the forecasting side um, and basically tries to help the company be as efficient and successful as possible. So when people say that they work in operations, like I guess people have a small idea of what that looks like, yeah. but when you come into work, what do you actually do? Yeah, and it, it does, it, you're right, it covers a lot of, a lot of different tasks really. Um, I mean, the, I, I suppose the main role that I do is looking at what we're saying, we're going to sell that um, quarter mm-hmm. um, and making sure that we meet that number. So, you know, whether it's, um, you know, looking at data and tracking that um, or working with the sales team to ease any pains um, along the way. So, you know, I work a lot with um, management um, to put in place various different programs. Um, and again, all those kind of areas across the business, whether it's our partners, mm-hmm. um, whether it's kind of um, consulting, how we're actually going to implement that tech. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good place to be in terms of getting a high level view of the business yeah. um, and working with a lot of people within the company. And obviously it's a really good insight to seeing lots of different areas of a very big business, yeah. a very yeah. big corporate. So what's it like working for a, for a company of that size that's very much in the public eye? Yeah, I mean, I think um, for me, the thing I really enjoy about working for Oracle is that you are really at the forefront of stuff that's coming down the line. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we do live in a world, especially with technology, where you know, things are coming at such an increasing pace, whether it's new developments, um, kind of innovation. Um, so for me, I think it's a really exciting place to be where you know, topics like AI and IoT and all these kind of things that you see in the news. Yeah. Um, I think I really enjoy the side where you see that internally um, and how you can help customers, you know, do what they do better um, through using Oracle software. Yeah. And what, um, obviously coming from a geography background, I know you touched on it slightly, but what is it like to work in tech without coming from a tech background? A lot of people think that to work in tech, you... I guess in a in a company as well that is so big that you need to actually understand what they do. Yeah, and yeah. Do you? <laughs> well, yeah. It's uh, you know <laughs> I don't think you and I speak to people who've worked there 10, 20 years and n- you'll never know everything there is to know. And I think one of my bits of advice is having that patience really with yourself. Yeah. Um, to you know almost take take a step back a little bit and acknowledge how far you've come, but appreciate the kind of the depth and breadth of what there is to learn. And I think. One of the best bits of advice I had when I first joined was to, at the back of your notebook, keep a list of acronyms because yeah. everyone talks in I acronyms. I can imagine. Yeah. And you they know. think that you understand them <laughs> and you've got no idea. Yeah. I mean, I've probably already used about five during this podcast. But yeah, you know, it's, it's just kind of having that um, confidence to ask when you're not sure about something, mm. but also, you know, helping yourself a little bit by, you know, doing a bit of extra reading here and there and Googling things when you're not sure about things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, my what I feel I bring to Oracle um, is not perhaps the industry knowledge, but it's more the skills and the approach I have yeah. to working that perhaps, you know, is where I am now. And I guess there's a lot of people in roles that don't have any, they don't need to have the knowledge of tech. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think as well, you know, the role I do now or... Um, you know, you look across all different companies, and I think as a graduate, and at any point, you know, when you're applying for jobs, it's you know, you soon start to realise that every company needs a marketing director, yeah. every company needs biz ops, or you know, whatever it is that company does, they need those support yeah. functions. And I think that's where um, it's very easy to think, right, I studied this, therefore I have to go into this. But actually, it's more about I studied this, I learned this. How can I apply those things to any role? Really? Yeah. And how did you find the application process being somebody that wasn't coming from that tech background? 
Yeah, and I applied for you know other roles before I found Oracle really, um, and some of those jobs were perhaps more geography related. Mm-hmm. So I first thought I wanted to go into sort of sustainability and maybe some consultancy um, role around that. Yeah. Um, and you know it's hard. It's hard as a graduate at any level, whatever kind of whether you're graduating from masters, um, an MBA at whatever stage, yeah. it's really hard to to start that process. I think you know, perseverance is the is the best thing really. And, you know, I think for me when I was applying for Oracle, um, it's it's kind of not losing sight of of who you are and what you enjoy. Um and, you know, in my interview I remember talking about, you know, Oracle CSR side mm-hmm. and what they do around charities and the environment and, you know, they as a large corporate they do a huge amount of support, yeah. you know, the local communities. Um, and I think you know it's focusing on the stuff that you enjoy and that you can have a conversation about mm-hmm. and you know if someone challenges you on a particular area that you're not so sure about you know you kind of put your hands up and say look I'm not so you yeah. know, confident in that area but keen to learn I think that honesty is is the best bit of advice really yeah. and I guess they like they don't expect everybody to have that tech experience like you say I imagine they do have a very big CSR team yeah and quite often people that work in that their skill set will be very different Absolutely. to the techie guys that do the complicated stuff. Yeah. Looking back, do you think there were any kind of big challenges that you faced? Um, big challenges. I think as a graduate in any organisation, especially a big corporate where, it, you know, it can feel quite daunting. I think there's, you know, you, with a big corporate comes the scale, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's the global scale, whether it's the number of people, um, the tasks you're doing day to day. Um, and I guess, you know, with that sort of thing, you do have challenges that perhaps you wouldn't face at a smaller startup. Um, and, you know, the, one of the big things they said when we first joined was network, get to know as many people as you can because yeah. people become your resource to knowing stuff. You know, if you don't know someone, something, you might know someone who does. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say challenges it, it is, I really remember for me having come from, you know, a fairly small school and then a university that wasn't huge, you mm. know, University of Reading. Um, you know, you get to that point in various different stages of your life where you feel like you kind of know everyone. You kind of yeah. know what you need to know to, to get on. And I think this was one of the first points when I joined Oracle where you suddenly have that, you know, you're starting from scratch again and you really do have to just be patient with yourself yeah. um, and give yourself that time and, you know, just ask people for mm. help along the way. I guess for you as well, you're not learning all the faces just in one office. Yeah. You're learning all the faces of the Reading office and the London office. Yes. And then the voices of people you hear on the phone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people. Um, but I guess that's great as well in some ways because you've got a massive support network. Yeah. There's so many people that can act as like a mentor for you. Yeah. Um, and I guess having a mentor in an industry that you're not massively familiar in really is... Really Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Um, and coming from your geography background, did you find that you had many transferable skills? Yeah, and I think this is something that um, I wish I'd had more confidence in at the start, Mm -hmm. really, um, and kind of acknowledging that. And I think it's only when you kind of start to look back that you think, actually, that's where my strengths are, and that's what I enjoy doing. And I think any any degree, really, these days, you know, is things like presentation skills. You know, the amount of times I've had to stand up and report something back to, you know, rooms of varying sizes. Yeah. Um, But that's something that university definitely taught me. And, um, you know, data analytics you know geography whether you're you know looking at climate change or whatever you know you're always looking for trends and you're looking for how things have improved or worsened over time um and going back to what i do now you know forecasting um Mm -hmm. you know sales growth and that kind of thing it really there are huge amounts of overlaps even if it's different topics yeah and with those skills 
when did you kind of realise that you had those transferable skills? Because I know a lot of students look at their CV and say, no, I don't have any of those skills relevant for that role, but a lot of the time they do. Yeah. And it's yeah. just about drawing them out. And um, I think we've you know, spoken about it before where, um, unfortunately, there is a kind of a gender imbalance as well, where yeah. you know, women will look at a CV or a sort of job application and think, you know, I only tick 80% of the boxes, um, whereas men will kind of dive in there and get on with it. Yeah. And I think... For me, I almost saw kind of the opposite of that in this, where I thought, oh gosh, maybe maybe it's not for me, but just went for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's kind of looking at what they're asking for and thinking, if, if push really came to shove, could I do that? And the answer yeah. is usually yes. I mean, it might be that I need a bit of learning or coaching. Um, but I think it's it's kind of if even Googling or you know reaching out to your career advice mm-hmm. at university. We've got a really strong team here that you know are there to support the students. And it's just sitting down and bouncing ideas off other people. Yeah really helps and you know gets you in a mindset of actually there is more to this that I can do mm. than, than meets the eye yeah. and I think sometimes it just takes like a second pair of eyes to look over and understand your experience and say well if you can do this then yeah. why can't you do this and yeah. that's basically the same as what you would be doing it's just yeah. worded differently and sometimes you just need that second opinion to give yeah. you that push and even you know kind of a lot of people had part-time jobs while they're working mm. and I think you don't realise, you know, things like working under pressure, you know, or resilience, yeah. you know, those are all things that either big corporates or startups or everything in between will look for people who, you know, come in one day thinking that their day is going to look like a certain certain agenda for the day, yeah. and then suddenly a curveball comes in and they're ba- able to sort of say, actually, a bit annoying, but let's get on with it and yeah, do it. Yeah, something completely different. Yeah, and those, those aren't necessarily taught through university, but a lot of people have picked that up along the way. Yeah. Definitely. Um, And I guess you kind of touched on the gender imbalance, and I guess we can't talk about you working in the tech industry without (laughs) touching upon the fact that you're a female in the tech industry. Yeah. Um, And how how have you found that? I know you've done a lot around that, but how was it to start with? I mean, I think think we've come a long way with it. Mm -hmm. I think it is definitely an area where um, there's still work to be done. Um, Fortunately, I have bar the manager I've got now always had a female manager so yeah. actually in terms of role models it was a really exciting mm-hmm. place to be because you know I kind of had that that obvious woman in tech type feel throughout my career so far that's quite unexpected I it guess is. that you've had that many. it is and it's quite unique I think yeah. um but you know I, I do think we've got a long way to go and not just in tech but in a whole range of industries um you know Oracle has a um it's called Oracle Women in Leadership mm-hmm. um so OWL as, as an acronym um, and that's all around, and it's open to men and women, it's, it's all about kind of promoting that female talent, um, and they get really good speakers in, and it just provides that kind of role model and aspirational type feel yeah. um, that makes you kind of feel part of something within such a large organisation. Um, and also, you know, when you're looking for someone like a mentor without even putting, you know, the official term to it, you know, I've got lots of people who I can call on for advice mm-hmm. at Oracle, um, you know, and, and I think that support is something that is, it feels unique to Oracle. I mean, obviously, I don't know elsewhere, but yeah. that kind of feeling of, you know, promoting each other and feeling like you're part of something is really nice. Have you ever felt like it's been um, an issue that you've been a female in the tech issue, in the tech industry? I don't think I've ever felt like it's an issue. I mean, there are times you look around the room and you are the only woman yeah. in a meeting room. Um, but I think, and, you know, it's not necessarily a gender thing here, but I think one thing Oracle should be proud about is the fact that, you know, even as an intern, I always felt like my voice was heard. If you've got yeah. if you've got something worth sharing, you know, people will stop and listen to what you have to say. And mm-hmm. I think whether you're, you know, a graduate, whether you're, you know, new to tech, you know, mid-career, or, you know, whether you are a woman, I think you've got to find somewhere where you feel, whatever company it is, that you feel you can share your ideas. 
Yeah. And what would your advice be to somebody who is really interested in tech but has absolutely no experience within the sector? What would your advice be to them? Yeah, I think I think honesty is really key. Mm-hmm. I think there's no point going to an interview and trying to blag that you know more than you do because eventually, you know, unfortunately you will get caught out for it and that's a lot more uncomfortable situation to be in. I think my advice would be obviously do some reading about it and find out why it is that you're interested in tech. You know, is it because you're interested in, you know, the end user, what what that enables the end user to Mm do? Um, Are you interested in actually perhaps more the the coding side of it and how it all works? Um, And I would say just try and get, you know, a few feelers out there or try and get in touch with a few people within tech to either get a bit of experience um, or, you know, try and see what entry-level roles there are available. Mm -hmm. Um, but also focus on what you do have to offer. I think we've touched on the kind of job spec um, fear that some people get. Um, but you know, big companies like Oracle, they need people from all sorts of backgrounds, all sorts of industry, you know, kind of knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's not just about what you know within tech. We can normally teach you that. It's more about what attitude you have that is important. I think. Yeah, and I guess um, it kind of should roll on, kind of in the same topic. Um, your early tech career network. Yeah. I guess something like that is something that would be really great for, for students to get involved in before kind of deciding on their career path or to yeah. get feelers out there and start taking advantage of a network. So tell us a little bit more about the early tech career network that you founded. Yeah, so that's that came about probably about two years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, again, one of those, um, I attended one of Tech UK's events um, and I think it was something about you know making use of your membership. It was something like that. And afterwards, they had like a networking drink. Mm-hmm. And I happened to be kind of back to back with their CEO while we were kind of chatting. And he sort of turned to a few of us and said, you know, it's great that you're here this evening. We need to do more for either young people or just people who are entry level into tech yeah. to kind of provide that support. Um, and so I had a follow up meeting with him, and then eventually we kind of built out this network a little bit. And we've got members from a few different companies, whether it's um, Microsoft, Accenture, mm-hmm. a few different sort of tech companies. Um, and it's basically the common interest is we're fairly new to tech and it's basically creating that support um, stream. And we've had a couple of events so far. We had one at Oracle, we've had one at Intel um, and get kind of people in that talk about their career, yeah. how they you know ended up in tech or you know, what it is they do now. Um, so we don't have any age limits, um, either kind of start or end really it's just about support and Mm -hmm. growth really um is it aimed at just females or is it aimed at anybody and everyone Uh, yeah men and women um it's basically the only prerequisite that we have is that they're whoever joins that their company is a member of tech uk so you know obviously when we're looking at opening up it's a bit difficult if they're not um but i think in terms of ensuring that it is kind of monitored in some way there Mm -hmm. had to be a fair you know certain amount of control over it um, but it actually is owned by Tech UK as a as a membership. So if I leave Oracle or whatever, that the hopefully the initiative will carry on going. Yeah. Um, not that I'm planning to do so. <laughs> Get that out there. <laughs> yeah. um, and how important would you say, not necessarily just the network that you've worked on, but the having a network in general when you're starting out? Hugely. I can't I can't recommend it enough. And you know whether it's people in your line of business who can help you day to day whether mm-hmm. it's people who you can bounce ideas off um you know when you're going for a new role within a company um you know it's just nice to have people that are not even titled as your mentor but just people that you really trust yeah um and that comes with time you know it comes with knowing 
knowing that person a little bit better and knowing that you can trust them with stuff. But yeah, I think it is invaluable. And I think it's kind of almost having that person you can sit next to in a meeting, which, you know, when you break for a coffee break, you can just say, what does this mean? And that sort of thing, I think is... Yeah, really valuable. I think it would be one of my you know, best bits of advice, really. And I'm, a, as you know, a big um, advocate for LinkedIn. And I know that <laughs> yeah. Emma is, um, is always active on LinkedIn and always sharing what she's doing. How, how do you think LinkedIn has benefited you? Um, I think, um, well, I think with a big corporate or big industry like tech, um, you know, personal branding, I think, is a big thing. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, making, trying to differentiate yourself on the next person. Um, and I think that all comes down to what you enjoy and, you know, you, you sit at a desk all day or you go to meetings or you're meeting customers. Um, but I think it's what, does, like, what do you do outside of that that makes you interesting yeah. and appealing? And I think, you know, even if you've got no plans to move on, I think having a LinkedIn, you know, valuable resource like that where you've almost got history of stuff that you've, events you've attended and mm. it's just pushing those messages out as to who you are as a person um, and what you enjoy outside of your day-to-day role. Yeah. Um, I think some people struggle with LinkedIn and don't see the value of it and I would, you know, I would agree that it takes time to get up to speed with it a little bit and it takes a few posts where, you know, perhaps it doesn't go anywhere and, but yeah. you know, you just got to find your flow with it and find what you enjoy writing about um, and for me, you know, I like to go to events and or, you know, but you find an article and just picking out a few snippets that you can share with people mm. because everyone is so busy, everyone is moving at pace and don't necessarily have time to read things, but sometimes you go on LinkedIn, you see an article and they've summarised it above. Yeah. It's so useful um, that, you know, hopefully if I can share a bit of that too, mm. I think I think it is a really useful tool. And I think it shows when you look at what you share on LinkedIn and your LinkedIn profile, you look at it and you immediately know that you work in tech and yeah. that if well, you work in tech, and more importantly, I think you are generally passionate yeah. about tech, and I think that stands for a lot when you're applying for roles, that you're not just doing what you get paid to do, you're yeah. not just doing what your job description says, but you are going above and beyond and contributing something yeah. to the industry as a whole. So I think LinkedIn is is definitely a great one to help show your passions. Um, if there's nothing else that you've got to add, I've got one more question. Yeah. Um, so if you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of career advice, what would it be? Yeah, and you'll, you'll see I've jotted down a few things here because I think <laughs> one piece is so hard and I, you know, it's a really difficult one. I think we've touched on it a few times, but obviously do what you enjoy mm-hmm. um, and be true to yourself. I think, you know, we spend so much of our working life, you know, working. Um, but it has to be somewhere you enjoy, yeah. something that you enjoy doing. You want to have that feeling on a Monday morning where it's not dread. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, tied into that, don't underestimate um, the feel of how somewhere works. You know, what might work for one person might not work for the next. Yeah. Um, but you need to feel comfortable where you are working. And if it, and if it, you don't feel that, get out of there. You know, it's not it's not meant to be. And mm-hmm try somewhere new yeah um I think the the best bit of advice I can give and I don't think it's something that I was given but it's something I've really seen benefit me um is putting your hand up for the small things you know when you're sat in a meeting and someone says right who's going to write the minutes here even if you feel like that task is very much below you put your hand up because it will soon it'll be that attitude that sort of can do attitude Mm -hmm. that will lead to the bigger responsibilities Perfect. Well, thank you very much for coming on our podcast. Thanks for having me. Um, If anybody wants any more information about anything that um, Emma has spoken about, then drop us an email to talent at bbk.ac.uk. Thank you. Thank you. That's all from us today. Thanks for listening to the Futures Podcast. 
We hope you enjoyed the show and we'll see you next time.